You know, it's hard to know just how well it would turn out. There are a few things that were disconcerting. There's a guy called Mick Romney. He wants to know whether we're ready. Are we ready? I'm very delighted with the prospects of a uh, highly successful Olympic Games. It's Friday, and on the takeaway, that means it's time to kind of look back at what's been going on and look ahead at what may happen next week. Joining us now, Republican political strategist, takeaway contributor, and friend Ron Christie. Thanks for joining us, Ron. Hi, Celeste. And Kai Wright, editor of Color Lines and friend as well. Thanks for being here. It's a pleasure. L- let's kind of set Olympics aside for just a moment. We will get to them. And, we and, must. Yeah. And talk about a little bit more serious news, which obviously is something we're going to be talking about in the future as well, which is, of course, looking back at the, the shooting in Aurora, Colorado. And, you know, Ron, gun control is generally avoided in presidential elections because it's you just can't win either way. Do you think it will, this will, in the end... Uh, affect the way that the candidates talk about guns? Uh, I think it will and it won't, Celeste. I think that they will come out with very nebulous statements like they're very much in in favor of making sure that guns don't get in the hands of criminals or people who have uh, a history of mental illness. But on the other hand, I think that they will do everything they can to avoid the subject and will only respond to it unless pressed on it. And they're probably hoping that people will stop asking them to comment on it, that that it just dies out and, and they can go back to focusing on each other. I think that's right. I mean, I, I think that as long as this this tragic shooting is still in the forefront of our minds, I think that the press will bring it up. But I think the candidates are secretly hoping that over time they'll be able to focus on their core issues. I wanted to go to you, Kai, to talk about what's been happening in, in Anaheim. With, with all the other things going on, there hasn't been a whole lot of coverage of these riots. But, I mean, what what's your thoughts about what's happening there and what this may mean about the conversation over the relationship with the police? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it got a little bit of national news, but it, it really did get buried um and and it was a striking few days uh, where yeah. you know in the shadow of disneyland um and this this area where folks think of it as you know glitz and tourism but you know anaheim's a city that's 53 percent latino um and uh they live mostly on one side of town that uh is low income where there's not a lot of jobs there's it you know they have a city council that is elected at large so it, you have very few representatives from that community in the city council historically um and there's a long history of tension with the police department and um and I think all of that just kind of boiled over last weekend when uh you know a young man was shot uh police say he was a gang member he was shot and killed he he was unarmed yeah um uh the family asserts that he was shot in the back of the head. Um, and uh, and then when protests started, there was uh, another killing over the course of the yeah. weekend. Um, and this this uh, and this person, uh, cops did recover a gun. Uh, but, you know, you had two people shot dead in the course of a weekend. Uh, protests started and the, and the police responded with force to the protests. And it's just it just got ugly very fast. And and and, and I think you've seen this, you know, in communities around the country. Uh, we have a little bit of, of the, the push and pull here in New York with the stop and frisk. But the relationship between the police department and the communities they're policing, uh, it, it's, it's tough. And, and since we're talking. Talking about the, uh, that, Ron, we might as well talk about President Obama's visit to New Orleans, because if you're going to talk about a tr- sort of troubled relationship with the police, that we definitely have to talk about the Crescent City. This is a place where they, they now have new regulations they have to put forward. It's going to cost them millions of dollars. I mean, did we see President Obama address that at all? Not really. The, the president spoke to the Urban League uh, convention one day before I did yesterday. 
And one of the things I've heard about from talking to the folks attending the convention is that they're very concerned about the relationship between the police and the citizens here in the Crescent City. And there's a just slight tension. It's, it's there, Celeste. You see it. You feel it. And I was frankly surprised by the level of distrust and somewhat unease between the folks here in New Orleans and their police department. It's, it's palpable. But you know, Ron, it would be great if we could hear either one of these presidential candidates talk really openly and frankly. It's just I don't think that's really realistic to expect uh, during a presidential election cycle. They're going to be too careful, don't you think? You're right. And that's what I'm really disturbed about our political climate that we're in right now, Celeste. People don't want to say anything that they think is going to either offend or potentially offend their constituency or those that they're seeking to move over to their side from that coveted independent slot. And it would just be nice, and I think the American people would appreciate uh, the respective candidates saying, you know what, let me tell you what's on my heart, let me tell you what's on my mind, and damned be the consequences. Well, I mean, the president has certainly gotten in trouble for talking about local policing in the past. Uh, and we remember uh, what happened with uh, Professor Gates, and I don't yes, suspect he's going to go back in that uh, in, in that kind. There's no, I mean, there's nobody wins at a presidential level to having this conversation. They, they don't get anything out of it. Um, but it is a significant and growing problem, and I think that particularly at, at a time you know when the economy is, is struggling in the way it is, uh, you know, yeah, it's summer, and you have more you know violent crime goes up in the summer, tensions go up in the summer. That that's just part of the, the cycle. Um, but also, you know, when you have families and, fo- and communities struggling the way that they had been for a long time, uh, things start to get tense. Um, yeah. And and when you have neighborhoods that uh, are policed in this militaristic style that you've seen in places like Anaheim, uh, things st- and, and in certainly in New Orleans um, and some of the things that we saw after Katrina, um, it, things get tense. And uh, and and at some point um, that that may require some national attention. Uh, but but I wouldn't hold my breath for, our, for for that to come up in the presidential contest. Well, let's move on, as, as we promised, to the uh, Olympics, get a little bit of a less heavy topic here. And, and, and Ron, I wonder what you think about what's happened with Mitt Romney. I mean, a lot of people are calling this a, a disaster. He certainly had not just one gaffe, but a number of gaffes while he's been in London. And, you know, he, he implied during an NBC interview, as you heard there at the top uh, of the segment, that, that, that perhaps he was concerned that London wasn't ready. Uh, the mayor of London, Boris Johnson, said, oh, yeah, we're ready. And in fact, David Cameron, the, the prime minister, said, we are holding an Olympic Games in one of the busiest, most active, bustling cities anywhere in the world. Of course, it's easier if you hold an Olympic Games in the middle of nowhere, which... Ouch. One has to assume I mean, he's talking about Salt Lake City. I mean, what do you think? Does the, does this matter for for Romney? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think in the short term that the press is going to say, "Oh, it's his first trip abroad, and he had a flub," and then they're going to compare it to President Obama's trip and say, "Oh, what does this mean between the two? But I just think the image of Governor Romney standing with the British Prime Minister in front of the iconic door at, at Number Ten Downing Street, uh, the official residence and working place of the British Prime Minister will be the vision uh, that the American people carry forth this summer about uh, Governor Romney's trip to Britain. But I tell you, the thing that that I would underscore briefly is the two other places where Governor Romney is going. He's going to Poland and he's going to Israel. And I think if you look at what the Romney team has tried to do, one, send him to Britain to re-solidify the special relationship between the United States and Britain that some would, would assert that President Obama thinks is an ordinary relationship, two, go to Poland and say, well, President Obama didn't uh, 
uh, put the missile defense shield in that, that President Bush uh, had signed uh, when he was in office, and three, Israel reaffirming that special bond. So I, I think there's more going on than just Great Britain, Celeste, that we'll see how the rest of the trip goes and, and whether that plays into a theme line for Governor Romney heading into the fall but election. But, Rod, I mean, if they're going to ha- you have the vision of him in front of 10 Downing Street, they, I, hopefully they don't have sound on it since he immediately <laughs> admitted he'd met with the head of their secret services and then said he'd, he was looking out the backside of 10 Downing Street. What do you think, Kai? Does uh, this matter? I mean, I don't think the American people are going to care much forward about yeah. many visions of, of Mitt Romney in in uh, in London one way or the other much past next week. Um, but it is unfortunate. Um, uh, you know, the the thing as a challenger, you know, you you got to run the table. You know, yeah. the idea is you want to win every day as many as often as you can. Uh, you know, and it was an opportunity to have uh, uh, a feel good couple of days uh, basking in the glow of the Olympics, um, and instead it turned into this. I mean, I think this is the challenge. This will be the question for for, for Governor Romney throughout the campaign is, you know, as we we now move into the general, you're yeah. under the Klieg lights every single day. Um, and, um, you know, and candidates either rise or fall under those situations. So we'll see whether, you know, whether he picks it up. All right. Well, that's the question for Mitt Romney. Our question for you guys is the same one we have for our listeners, which is, if you were, you know, in charge of music for the Olympics, <laughs> tell Tell us, pick, a, pick an event and tell us what song you'd choose for it. Ron? It's an easy one for me, Celeste. We are the champions, the U.S. men's basketball team that's going to bring home the gold. I've made a few. All right, but then they'd have to live up to that if that's playing high. <laughs> Well, now I'm I'm kind of jealous of Ron's choice. I wish I had chosen some Queen. I, you know, I I I just wanted to try to make you guys play some Beyonce. Um, so. And what event is this for? Uh, the gymnastics, the vaulting. Um, you know, we're going to do well in vaulting. Gabrielle Douglas is going to get out it's there Halo. and win us a gold. Uh, so the halo go. as they, the lights hit the gymnasts' heads. That's uh, Kai Wright, editor of Color Lines, and Ron Christie, a takeaway contributor, Republican political strategist. Thanks, guys. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday.